Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to episode 85. We're in the middle of our um, body image series and we have a familiar face here today, or a familiar voice. Um, <laughs> we just counted and this is Angela Schaffner, Dr. Angela Schaffner's seventh appearance on Woven. So at this point, she Thank you be listed as a co-host. I think she, I, I think she basically is. Well, because she's Rebecca Cochran or Rebecca Pete and Dr. Angela Schaffner. And Dr. Angela Schaffner. The funny thing is, when I'm listening to Woven, I keep wanting to comment and interact with you guys. Well, maybe we should have a conversation. <laughs> I just, it stimulates a lot of thought for me. Like, Thank when you. I listen to the episodes, they're, they're really good. And we well, it means so much that you listen. So it's totally lucrative. You should come along. It's so lucrative. That was Rebecca's three minutes, and I'm like, I'm so glad you listen, and Rebecca's like, we joking about how much money we don't make. <laughs> I bet it's almost as lucrative as writing books. <laughs> Probably. It's very similar. Yeah. Or raising children. Yes. Raising children. It's also a big money maker. Yes. Have you ever seen the thing online where they're interviewing someone for a job, and they, they're they they're essentially describing parenthood? <gasps> yeah, the, the Mother's Day commercial thing. Yeah, it's like yes. you get no breaks, uh-huh. you're not paid at all for this job. Yeah. You know, and you're on 24-7. Nobody's yeah. giving you any being interviewed. Review, good review. Right. Like, you get terrible feedback constantly. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That made me cry my first Mother's Day. And again, yeah. that was a commercial. That's funny. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, so today we're talking, we're continuing our uh, conversation on body image. So if you listen to Rebecca Scritchfield, um, now you only have to keep up with two Rebecca's today. We're yes. done with the Rebecca's. But um, <laughs> we were talking with her mostly about like kind of a bird's eye view of like diet culture and body image and all of that. So today we're going to bring it back down um, to biblical knowledge and kind of stewarding our bodies and you know there's the the bible says our body is a temple of the holy spirit like what does that mean for us in 2019 right now and what do we do with that oh you're right oh my god (laughs) i'm barbara walters (laughs) i'm not here i'm not here um okay so yes we're in 2020 so i just got used to saying 2019 you just arrived in 2020 we can celebrate again we're celebrating right now it's my new year So, yeah, we're going to talk. And because Angela is not only super intelligent, but she also is a counselor in these things. That's why you're here. And you're going to help us kind of talk through, like, if we know we're getting off balance with this stuff, like, what are some things we can do and how can we approach it in a healthy way? So it's going to be great. So I guess, hmm, how shall we start? Should we start with biblical knowledge? What is the well, Bible I think say? we should, I, I think, yes, I think we should talk, talk about that and get to that pretty quick. I think we should talk about first, just for, for listeners that may, I mean, at this point, listeners probably know Angela, but oh, can you talk right. a yeah. little bit about how this is like kind of your specialty? Sure. Because most people know you're a counselor and we've talked, we, we've talked about more than just body stuff with mm-hmm. you so mm-hmm. I, I want to remind people I guess that this is kind of like an area that you see day in and day out in your practice so can you right. talk about that a little bit sure I will um so and just like a one minute what my journey is um you know I studied psychology in college and then um went on to get my master's in community counseling and then PhD in counseling psychology and so during that time I saw a lot of different people with a lot of different issues but something that kept kind of coming up as a passion for me was helping 
um, women in particular, but people in general with body image issues and eating concerns, because for me, that had been a struggle during college in particular and kind of throughout my 20s as I was recovering, um, that I went to eating disorder treatment when I was 19, and I um, myself kind of walked a path through that, and I realized everyone's path is different, but it is something that I feel a special passion to um, help people with. So my specialized experience with that is um, after I got my PhD, I did a postdoc internship at Atlanta Center for Eating Disorders, which is now Walden Behavioral Care. Um, and I worked on staff there for 13 years, running groups, seeing individuals, working with families and, and support people, but mainly with the clients themselves on overcoming eating disorders, whether that be um, anorexia or bulimia or binge eating disorder. Um, you know, or some mixture of those symptoms, um, that's kind of where I have my most experience um, treating clients. But often, in actually in most cases, people were not just only um, suffering from eating concerns, but maybe some type of anxiety or depression or OCD or um, ADHD or any number of other um, presenting concerns. So I really feel equipped to help with those issues too. And so now I'm in private practice um, as of the last three years, I am no longer with that center, but I still see a lot of people with eating disorders and also with, you know, not all of my caseload is eating disorder um, concerns, though. It's, you know, people with anxiety, depression, other kinds of things. But usually people seek me out because of eating concerns. Because, yeah, yeah, that's what your specialty is. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I guess my question is, is there's that side of the spectrum and you were talking about how um, when you're treating people with eating disorders, it kind of swings towards they have other um, mental health issues, mm -hmm. um, whether it's OCD or anxiety. Those things are very uh, intricately linked. Right. But what do you see in just like a general, as a general rule amongst, and we're going to stick with women, even though I know I, it, people can write emails. Men also have body right. issues Everyone as does. well. Yeah. But um, as a general rule, what do you kind of see as a like, ongoing issue mm -hmm. in women and their views on their bodies that's not linked to one of those other disorders mm -hmm. like just in general like a general population kind of rule well i would say as a whole um symptoms that are eating related or body image related are a an effort to cope with something um you know, whether it's stress or so usually I think there is some type of anxiety yeah. or depression or something, but, yes. um, it can also be, you know, there's, it's so multi-layered there's the cultural component. You know, some people would say our culture has an eating disorder. Um, and you know, there's that layer, but not everyone in our culture has an eating disorder. So yeah. there are other things at work. I think from my experience, you know, I see almost across the board people having trouble connecting internally if they have problems mm. in that regard. They're, mm -hmm. they're too often looking externally for a sense of self. Yeah. If I had to boil it down to kind of one thing, even though, like I said, it's not one thing, yeah. um, you know, that's just a common thread that I see. People trying to live outside themselves, whether it be living up to someone else's expectations, the cultures, their families, their own expectations, but that are based on things outside themselves, not really based on their spirituality, their 
central core self and what they want and feel passionate about. So a lot of times treatment is about reconnecting with what is internal and what, you know, people may be afraid to look at within themselves that they need to look at and need to not only look at, but embrace and know that it's okay to be who they are, Mm -hmm. even though that may not look like um, what they expected or what the people around them in their life expected. That's so true. And it's like a lack of self-trust, too. It's like not trusting yourself to manage yourself. Exactly. Because so central to eating concerns is, and eating disorders, is, you know, that inability to connect with hunger and fullness in a way that's fully trusting of your body, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So you make it about other things. I'm going to follow this particular plan or this particular diet or whatever. But that's external. That's not Mm -hmm. listening to your body and your own preferences for certain foods or you know, um, just whether you're hungry or not, you know, Mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, if people have been restricting in particular, they're going to have those, um, hunger and fullness cues, you know, those get off kilter and they have to eat kind of mechanically and buy a plan for a while to get reconnected with that. But, um, you know, in any case, it's about trusting those signals and knowing that, you know, we're not just going to spin out of control. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we approach our bodies and even the Bible with this sort of fear-based lens Mm -hmm. that, you know, if I have a cookie, I'm going to go out of control. And not only am I going to eat the whole package, but I'm going to, you know, spin out of control and be unruly in my eating desires. And actually, I would say often it's the opposite. You know, it's when you give yourself space and permission to have foods you enjoy, then they don't have to hold so much power over you. Mm -hmm. And it's when we restrict that those things take on so much more power. And then you start to feel they're forbidden and then you have them. And then you feel like you are this bad forbidden person. And you know, it's just like the spiral. So it's kind of like restricting sin. Yeah. I mean, let's just admit we're all, you know, we all have sin. We all, do things that we're not proud of. We all, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I wish we could be better at um, not pretending that that isn't the case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think for some people, you guys, remember I was telling you in that last episode about this clicker I got for Murphy? It's kind of working. I know, I know. There's a squirrel right there. There's a squirrel. <laughs> this is a test. All right, I'm gonna let him not. See, he didn't bark though, he just kind of was growling, which is cool. Now he wants to go chase the squirrel. Just gonna let him play in the rain. It's real life, guys. Um, But I was gonna say too, even if like you start with a sense of self trust, I think just being in our culture where everything Mm -hmm. all the time is coming at you like different diets, it can make you question things you already know too. So it may not even. For some people, I think, I mean, you tell me, but I think for some people, like, they could come into it kind of, like, with a good sense of self, and then maybe Mm -hmm. you go to college, and all your friends are on a diet, or, like, maybe you just live in the world, and you're like, huh, I guess I should be monitoring my protein grams. I don't know. Like, so I think that can happen, too. There is so much conflicting information, and that is part of the problem. I think lots of us are well-intentioned and want to be doing things that are good for our bodies, but what that is is kind of a mystery really Mm -hmm. for most of us that, you know, what, what is actually healthy? You know, that word healthy has taken on so many different meanings and it's, you know, become very unhealthy what some people are doing to, um, in the name of health. Yeah. 
or wellness or whatever label they want to put on it that sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's wellness now, yeah, isn't it? It's it kind like, of like sounds like yeah. it has good intentions, but yeah. there are very unhealthy things that people are doing under you know that sort of description. Yeah, and we'll get kind of into more of like the warning behaviors or the right. red flags a little bit sure. later on. Um, yeah. What do you, so, yeah, I definitely think we should dig in because one of the reasons we wanted to have Angela on uh, is because we want to talk about, since we are a Christian podcast, like, what is this, because this is a, I, this is a topic anybody can talk about, obviously, right. because it's a, it's a human topic, mm-hmm. uh, but as Christians specifically, what, what does, you know, having a proper biblical view of our bodies and body image what does that mean? Like, what does that mm-hmm. look like? Like, what does God have to say about this? Like, what what are we called to mm-hmm. um, in our lives as Christians to do with our bodies? Because obviously mm-hmm. they're a part of who we are and a part of our Christian experience. So, like, can we talk a little bit about what that looks like? Yes. Um, at playing out our Christian lives, I guess. Sure, and I think one point to be made is that our bodies are important. You know, I don't think this is about just saying, oh, who cares about my body? I should really just care about my spirit and soul. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think caring for our bodies in a truly loving way is a great act of worship and stewardship and all kinds of good things. But um, so we're looking at what the Bible has to say. Yeah, Yeah. like what does the Bible have to say? What does God have to say about our bodies? Well, why is this important? I think growing up in the church and just hearing Christian messages about our bodies, you know, one that stood out to me and I think for a lot of people is this whole idea of our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so implied in that statement is we should be taking good care of our bodies. Um, Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) And see, dogs are intuitive and they know when to drink and when they're thirsty. Whether or not you're trying to record a podcast. Whether or not you're trying to (laughs) record a podcast. But you did give him peanut butter. I did. I gave him like a pound of peanut butter. (laughs) Which he did not eat intuitively, I may have. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We we all have our struggles with intuitive eating at times especially regarding peanut butter I think if we're looking at our body as a temple and we think about what was the temple um, historically Mm -hmm. so you know David gave these instructions to Solomon that were divinely inspired about exactly how the temple should look and Mm -hmm. I was um, mentioning earlier like you know that's usually one of those bible passages that I would typically say oh I'm just going to skim this like it's a lot of detail and yeah yeah, whatever I get it that the temple was nice you know Um, (laughs) but there were very specific instructions about things being red and purple and blue and being Uh spaced apart a certain way and all these different aspects of the temple and so nowhere in there was a um, decree from God that the temple should be skinny or that the temple Mm -hmm. should not have food in it or that it should be overflowing with food either. I mean, it was like all the other temples. It was, yeah. Or look like all the other, I mean, it was clearly it did stand apart. Yeah. It was important that it stood apart. It was important that it be strong, that it be a symbol, but the temple wasn't the point itself either. And so a temple is different from an idol because an idol is important in and of itself. You know, and points to itself as the important thing. And so I think it's important when we think of our bodies, you know, that we are not idolatry, you know, treating them as idols, um, that we are just like our body is the most important thing in our life. Yes. But it is important and it is something that is a vehicle for lots of other things to happen. You know, it does house our spirituality in a way or, you know, it's where we 
live and breathe and feel mm-hmm. things. That's how we love. And it's, we love and we yeah. connect with people physically and in all kinds of ways, emotionally, sexually, like everything. So, you know, the temple houses and contains what's important. Um, and it was, you know, historically that would be the interactions between the people and God. And yeah. they would go into the temple to encounter God. But I also think the temple is a good example of how we need to be in the sense of it, the boundaries that were involved. Like mm-hmm. there's, there was sort of the outer court where everybody could go. And then there was the inner court where only certain people could go. Mm-hmm. And then there was what was called the holy place. And then the very holiest of holies was where only the high priest could come into it once a year, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we think of our bodies in that way, you know, or ourselves really, like there are people that we let into our life, you know, that kind of everyone interacts with us yeah. on a certain level. But then there are people that we let in a little bit further and we have to make choices about that and set a boundary. And then there are people and maybe just one person that comes into the very most intimate place of our life. And, you know, that that's all a picture of, I think, a beautiful picture of the temple in the way that maybe we could look at it in a useful as a useful sort of metaphor, yeah. you know, for our lives. But it's not about it, it being pretty, I don't think. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's about how it's about it, it reflecting looked. the I mean, glory of what it contained. Exactly. It's about what yeah. was going on in it that was so important. And I think the same is true for us. Like our bodies are important because they house something important that's going on. Yes. Inside. Um, oh, and, and it was very it was very practical. Um, like all of it. I mean, yes, there were some parts of it that like there was some, you know, gold and like you said, like, like right. there were weren't ornamental things about the temple right. compared to other temples mm-hmm. of right. the time. It was not actually that was much more functional. Right. But a lot of those details were about the, the practicality and how God would meet with them in those places right. more so than it was about it looking good enough for God. Right. Um, like God was going to be housed there no matter what. Right. And so I think that has implications too. And that, I, to remember, like, as Christians, our bodies are, God dwells in them, like, mm-hmm. through the Holy Spirit. And, like, it, it, yes, and I, I see what you're saying about how that um, verse is taken out of context, but on the flip side of that, like, mm-hmm. remembering that we do have the Holy Spirit. Right. Like, we do, our bodies are important. Right. They aren't the Thing right. that we, it's not the idol, like just like right. the temple wasn't the thing. Right. Like, I mean, the, God's presence met with them in the, um, in the tabernacle. And then it went right. and moved along with Israel and, you know, in the clouds and the right. fire. And then when the temple went away, um, you know, it, it was rebuilt several times. Right. And then it's no longer there. But does that mean God's presence isn't still with his people? Of course not. We all of know course that's not. not the case. Right. And, and Jesus is described as, you know, the, the coming back of the temple and he'll be raised again and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So, like, the temple is more of a symbolic um yeah. A representation of God's presence. Right. So our bodies, just remembering that they are important because they hold something important, mm-hmm. like you said, but they aren't the thing. Right. And I think, going back to culture, like we've made our bodies the thing, right? Um, unfortunately. Right. So. Well, I think something you said, you said something like making the temple good enough for God. Like, I don't think we're worried about making our bodies good enough for God, right? Like, yeah. I think we're worried about impressing right. other people. Well, yes. yes. And so, and I think a lot of times we'll say something like, what? Because now it's it's no, it's no kind of gauche to say you're on a diet now. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, oh, I'm just really, I'm trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I just really want to be healthy. 
like you know yeah, yeah. and it's like sure that's true sometimes but I think mm-hmm. that's just sort of another sneaky way a lot of times of saying I'm on a diet you don't want to say you're right. on a diet but now it's like wellness pursuing mm-hmm. wellness and that's just a whole other exactly a lot of people do facade for the same thing very unhealthy behaviors in the name of health and wellness so yeah. yes we are just using a different language for the same problematic sorts of behaviors, you know, but I think it's especially problematic when we put spiritual language to it and start to feel like it's something Christian that we're doing or something spiritually beneficial to be on a diet or to be restricting our food intake or making our bodies, you know, trying to force our bodies into a particular, um, expression or shape or whatever. Yeah. So we might need to do a qualifier because I'm sure there's somebody listening who's like, Okay, but, like, Mm -hmm. I have this problem. I need to be on this specific, like, my doctor told me to be on a diet or, Mm -hmm. like, whatever. Like, can we kind of distinguish what we're talking about here? Because we're not Mm -hmm. saying a diet is how you eat. Like, that's what a diet is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's become, in our language, sort of like, how am I restricting myself? But ultimately, diet just means what do you eat? Mm -hmm. So can we kind of qualify a little bit of that? Mm -hmm. Well, I try to stay away from the word diet altogether and just talk Mm -hmm. about an eating plan or, you know, an eating schedule or something different than that. Meal plan is what we often talk about with clients. And so, um, you know, I think what's tricky about this topic a lot of times is that we are such individuals. and. Where we fall as individuals is on a spectrum. It's not in a category. And so we, you know, we aren't just, even when it comes to eating disorders, you know, there's way more people with like mixed presentation of symptoms Mm -hmm. than there are that fall distinctly into one category. I mean, they just redid the categories of eating disorders recently um, and redefined some of them because it is so tricky. Everyone was falling into, or this vast majority of people was falling into this catch-all third category that actually could be broken down differently but it's always difficult to um capture one person's experience through a category or a set of symptoms so i mean i think just in the way we talk about it we need to all recognize we're on a spectrum with this somewhere Mm -hmm. very few of us have a perfect relationship with food if anybody Um, and so where are you on a spectrum don't worry so much about giving yourself a label of healthy or unhealthy especially if it's like a dichotomy like healthy unhealthy good foods bad foods like let's just talk about a spectrum so you know what is it that you're doing because one behavior for one person um, could be an unhealthy practice and it could be a healthy practice for another person. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like if somebody is in eating disorder treatment and they have been asked not to exercise until they restore their weight, for instance, they could be doing great detriment just going for a walk or something. Yeah. Um, other people, you know, who maybe have really struggled to get out and, and exercise because maybe they're depressed, maybe they, um, you know, don't have much movement in their life you know, going out for a walk could be a huge success for them. So that's just one example. So many eating behaviors are like that. You know, um, someone could say, you know, um, a Snickers bar is a trigger food for me. Mm -hmm. So for them, maybe for a period of time, they do need to have some distance from that particular food, hopefully integrating it back in. Someone else, you know, if they are restricting candy for years and years or any period of time, really, eating a Snickers could be a great success for them. Right. You know, because they're demonstrating flexibility in their eating, they're allowing themselves something they enjoy. You know, just it's difficult to prescribe one set of behaviors. And I think oftentimes people want 
a set of behaviors. They yes. want someone to tell them. Of course, just we tell do. me. Yeah. yeah, that's what we want. Because in life. Our, our, yeah. Brain, yeah. Right, yes. our brain, right? Our brain likes categories and shortcuts, and mm-hmm. it wants to be told, mm-hmm. "Do this, not that." You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there was literally that book, "Eat This, Not That." You yeah. know, everybody right. loved it because there's, you know, a very clear yes explanation. Well, life is messy, and it's not that clear, and so we have to be on a journey with our bodies and our eating practices. And I think that's best, you know, how to describe it is like our eating practices. Yeah. We're always refining that. We're always noticing what our body responds well to in terms of food. And, and that may yeah. change as we age too and different things. Course, so, yeah. you know, I mean, I just think we're all on a journey and we need to sort of accept that. But with that, the encouraging part is that the goals don't have to be all or nothing either. Yes. And, you know, so if you are recognizing I know, and this is maybe even something to commit to prayer and to seek God's guidance because, you know, that's a central message that Jesus said, like, remain in me and I will remain in you. And I think from that place, we all make good decisions about our health. It's true. You know, if we're starting with that, and it's not that the Bible or, you know, our prayer time is going to give us this prescription of, like, our diet for the week or our meal plan for the week or whatever, but, um, you know, I just think if we start there, we're, we're already going to be in a better place um with our mindset yes toward what we're doing but let's say you're aware you know I really know that I don't have enough movement in my life to feel good in my body Mm -hmm. so let me examine how on a spectrum could I make just a slight change in that you know how could I maybe just do something today Mm -hmm. that is different not prescribe a new exercise plan for yourself every day starting January 1st, you know, that is a setup for just feeling bad because almost no one follows through with their, their resolutions a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're better off looking at it as a long-term set of adjustments really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we, going back to what you said about wanting a prescription and you said something about how like, we just want that in life. Like, that's whenever I catch myself um, not practicing things healthily in any area of life, it's because I am looking for things to be um, a root, like black and white logical Mm -hmm. process. Like Mm -hmm. let's take parenting, for instance, Mm there is no perfect prescription to being the perfect parent, right? Right. Like every child's different. Every family situation is different. Seasons change. Exactly. Uh, too many variables. There's for way too many variables to say that this is the one prescription for being the perfect parent. Right. This is the one prescription for being that uh, having the per- perfect healthy body. Mm-hmm. This is the one prescription for being a perfect Christian. Right. Like, you pray this many times a day. You read this many times. We all mm-hmm. we want that. A lot of us do. Our personalities are such that mm-hmm. we want like the perfect prescription. So that's why we're always on this endless quest. And I'm using word in, in general. Mm-hmm. Like we're on this endless quest for like the perfect diet mm-hmm. because like. Out there somewhere, we feel that there is the one thing that is going to make us feel the best, look the best. And so we're, like, just trying everything until we find what that one perfect thing is. And, I mean, my undergraduate undergraduate degree is in public health, and so I had to take a bunch of nutrition classes. And, like, it's a science. Like, Mm -hmm. any other science, it's evolving. Like, medicine or whatever else. Like, I mean, you know, I was in college 20 years ago. What I learned in my nutrition class Mm -hmm. 20 years ago is not, a lot of it's not the case anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, scientifically, not not diets, but, like, scientific, like, what we're learning about how body processes stuff and everything. Like, it's, it's. It changes. It's ever evolving, mm-hmm. and so like to know that like we haven't arrived at the perfect thing, and that's what mm-hmm. that's what's hard for me. Like when I watch on social media and stuff like that, when people are are promoting certain lifestyles, 
like that I found it. This is the one, yeah. like mm-hmm. the holy grail of diets mm-hmm. or the I the fountain of youth, you know? Like right. this this is the thing yeah. that is going to change my life. Right. And and when we put our like health and wellness in this category of my life will be changed by this, yeah. I feel like that's where, you know, whether whether you have other mental issues or whatever that are like attached to that. Like if you're just being a human right. and mm-hmm. like thinking that I, I will be X, Y, and Z if I find just the right thing mm-hmm. is where we, I think that's the beginning of, of a lot of our issues. Right. Yeah. So. And we live in a culture where like you're loved if you, like a mm-hmm. lot of times by the general public who don't know you personally, like if you're respected, maybe not loved, but you'll be respected if you are trying, like if mm-hmm. you're working on yourself, mm-hmm. you're yeah. respected. And if you're like lazy or not trying, it's like, mm-hmm. there's no respect for you. So I think yeah. that's also a driving thing too, but something you know, a couple months ago, I reached out to Angela because I was like, I'm in these bad habits. I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to go back on a diet. And you were super wise. And I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of this conversation. But you were like, well, tell me, like, why you're doing that. Like, mm-hmm. why are you doing those things? Mm-hmm. Like, and because I was I was in a situation or not a situation. I was in kind of like a routine where I just wasn't making time to eat. And then I was like eating on the fly. And when you eat on the fly, you eat crappy food. And I was like what is wrong with me? All I want to eat is crappy food. And you were kind of like, okay, well, you know, you kind of broke Mm -hmm. it down to like, and it really was, I'm not prioritizing my needs. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Right. And so I, I've just been thinking about that a lot. And I think that for a lot of people, that's true because we know instinctively Mm -hmm. what foods we Mm -hmm. should eat. Like we know Mm -hmm. they're general healthy foods. We know kind of how to eat to best support our bodies. Mm -hmm. Like even though there is conflicting information, we all know that like this will make me feel better than this. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times the choices we make are not because we're like gluttons who just don't care. It's circumstantial. And so I think like a lot of times we don't want to do that. I didn't want to do that work. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to be like, well, okay, so in the morning you're going to eat this, this, and this. That's what I wanted. And, and you yeah. were like, let's go under that. What's, mm-hmm. what's happening. Right. And I think that a lot of us don't want to do that work. Of course yes. we don't. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. And it's like, I had to make some changes of like, I have to wake up earlier to make myself breakfast. That yeah. sucks. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sleep. Yeah. But like, am I going to keep like grabbing breakfast out? I don't right. want to do that either. So I think that a lot of times, like our wisdom is really good. Like we kind of mm-hmm. know how to fuel our bodies. If we'll mm-hmm. trust ourselves, the problem is right. we need to look at like what's getting in the way of that. Exactly. That's such an important point. I mean, we can be so mean to ourselves. Yeah. And when we assign all these character flaws yes. to things having to do with eating in our bodies, it drives me crazy, like mm-hmm. on people's behalf and on my own, um, in my own experience. It's like, why Why are we being so hard on ourselves about yeah. this? This does not deserve that much power in our life. Yes, food is important. Yes, our bodies are important. But we do not need to tear ourselves apart about this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We just don't. And and if we are, it probably does point to a different need mm-hmm. that is present. It's not something that is going to be solved by a new eating plan or a shake. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to what, what you were talking about, about how others view us, um, I think two sides. First side is, like, me personally, the way I think about other people think about me. Um I just think about how my almost 10 year old daughter tells her all the time, people don't think about you as much as you think about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think we sometimes we project what people are thinking about us because that's what we think about ourselves. Yeah. Um, oh, I think 
Oh, most of the time we do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So other people aren't thinking that. You're yeah. thinking that, and then, or I'm thinking that, and we need to dig down, like what you said. To, yeah. So like, you're yeah. thinking, people are gonna think I'm lazy. Uh huh. That you. That means you probably think you're lazy. Why do you right. think you're lazy? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I think it's digging down that, and then also like me remembering when I look at other people, like to see them as humans, and mm-hmm. I don't know what their situation is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and remembering that, mm-hmm. um, and and also just like. Um, what I was going to, oh yeah. So the way people think about you, but also the way we view other people, but also remembering that what we look like on the outside is not the most important thing about us. And, um, and I, there's, you know, scripture, speaking of David, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, God tells Samuel, you know, to go look for the next king. Mm-hmm. And Samuel is very human. Mm-hmm. And he goes down all the, you know, the sons of Jesse. And this one's handsome. This one's strong. He's mm-hmm. the first. He, and, you know, they go down the line. And, mm-hmm. and Samuel's, like, at a loss. And God's like, you're looking at the outside. Mm-hmm. I look at the heart. Right. And that's when he finds David. And and David was the least likely of all of the of the sons mm-hmm. to be outside the fact that he was the youngest. and But he had, he had a heart for God. And I think that we, we discount that people see that in us. Right. We, mm-hmm. we think people only see our outsides, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't think we give people enough credit mm-hmm. that they they do see the our insides coming out if we allow that instead of being so focused right. on our outside. If we would be more focused on um, making our insides healthy, right. mm-hmm. that's going to come out in our outsides. And people are going right. to see that about us, and, and, and it's going to affect how we interact in the world way more than if we just make the outside pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just might wash. Exactly. If we just tune into our own experience too, that's, that's yeah. the internal um, needing to reconnect because, you know, I don't feel like, you know, when I'm connecting with a friend, Ooh, I really like the way her hair falls to get today. You know, like I, I really like her eye color. I'm so glad I'm friends with her. I, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying to myself yeah, yeah. about them. Yeah. It's how it feels to be with them. And one thing I know is that <laughs> the, more fully known I am in my relationships, Mm -hmm. the more love is potential, you know, to be experienced, the more potential for love there is to be experienced. And that doesn't matter what relationship it is. You know, when we allow ourselves to get into the messy places and be connected to people in those places, that is where life is. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where we really connect. And it's the moments when I have been most fearful of sharing myself or that I get all anxious after the fact, like, like Myla, you know, I, I think that I'm still learning that lesson, you know, of like where I texted a friend, you know, a couple months ago where we had gone out that um, couple nights before and I had just been ruminating in my head because I had more to drink than I had planned on that particular night and I was like oh my gosh was I totally being stupid and she's like get out of your head no one is thinking about that yeah you know and it was in a very loving way but it was like you know yeah we do we we get so wrapped up in like one statement we made or one evening out or one thing that is not the whole picture of how people view us yeah Yeah. you know and that's the whole problem with body image and eating like hyper focus too like it's we channel all this concern into one place of our lives that is not the whole of how people experience us you know yes there's there is a surface experience that people have with us at times especially in public and when they don't know us but you know the real relationships that matter in our lives 
that is not what what those relationships are built on. Yeah, it's true. So what else does yeah. scripture have to say? Okay. Besides the fact that it's just yeah, our body's temple. Yeah. <laughs> so the image of God, yes. I think, is also one that I would like to point to as being important because I think, you know, sometimes we can get all wrapped up as Christians in what, oh gosh, you know, I have so much focus on body image, what a sinful person I am. And then we have this whole other layer of guilt and shame yeah. about having body image struggles and you know yeah. so in those those um periods of time i th- just think it's important to reconnect with being created in god's image mm-hmm. and you know god remembering that god designed us as you know god laid out these instructions for the temple and paid very close attention to many many details because it's yeah. a long passage that describes it you know he evidently cared as much about us as well to um, create us all as the unique people. We are all different from each other, you know, yeah. with the vast diversity that that exists. So yeah. I just feel like reconnecting with that has been really healing for me, like being mm-hmm. made as a reflection of the goodness and love yeah. that God extends into the world. Yeah. I, um, I always love that passage. Uh, Paul talks about us being... Um, God's handiwork, His mm-hmm. masterpiece. Um, I think it's um, in Colossians, which right. talks about that we're you know we're God's masterpiece, and it's the same that the word in the Greek there is is the word for you know art. Yeah. Like we are, we're our masterpiece. Like I think about it, Milo and I are playing our trip to Paris, and so we're playing all these trips to museums where I get to see like the artworks awesome. that I forever have looked in in books because mm-hmm. I took two art history classes in college because I love art history so much, and and now I actually get to see these things in person, mm-hmm. and like and we so when we say masterpiece, I think you know. Monet, mm-hmm. I think the Mona Lisa, you know, all of those things, and those are masterpieces. Like that's how God looks mm-hmm. at us, and He didn't say, "I've created you as a masterpiece," like that airbrushed model mm-hmm. on that Instagram ad. I create you as a masterpiece just the way you look right now, mm-hmm. and um, I know that seems like trite, but it, remembering that, like. I'm his handiwork, like, mm-hmm. and to you, and I, and I, and I tell, well, when I've worked, when I used to work with middle school kid, girls, like, I have to say over and over and over, like, God did not make a mistake when he created you. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you're, the way you're shaped, the way you're shaped, the way you're shaped, the way your hair color is, your eye color is, your freckles, not your freckles, all of that, like, mm-hmm. God used his hands and formed you, and, and he doesn't, like, are you, when, when we say, I don't like the way I look, we're criticizing God, the perfect creator, mm-hmm. and his masterpiece. And that's like telling Michelangelo that, mm-hmm. you know, the Sistine Cha- Chapel is crap. Like, right. nobody would ever say that, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Even if it isn't, like, what you look for in art, mm-hmm. everybody knows that's a masterpiece. Yeah. You know? And, and, to, and to remember that and, and tell ourselves that. And even when it feels, like, silly to tell ourselves that or, like, we're talking to, like, a 12-year-old girl. Like, right. we all have our 12-year-old girl still inside of us that needs to hear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's where, you know, even if someone listening is beating themselves up or is criticizing the, yes. the handiwork of God in themselves, you know, I, I just want to encourage that person to gently yes. approach yourself about that. Gently bring yourself back onto a path of, of kindness, yes. self-kindness, body kindness, because, you know, we do ourselves no favors by inducing guilt or feeling that God wants us to feel guilty about not having the perfect relationship with our body. 
yeah. right. you know, as well as guilt about not having whatever you consider to be the perfect body, you know, yeah. um, just your relationship with your gut, with your body doesn't even have to be perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, so as we talk about this, let's just also embrace with yes. compassion the fact that we're probably going to feel critical toward yes. our bodies sometimes yeah. but how are we going to what are we going to do with that is really the important question are we going to sink into guilt and feel this is too big of a struggle it's a mountain i'm never going to be able to to climb over or is it going to be a moment of an opportunity really for self compassion and let me just be kind to myself in this next moment. Maybe this past moment, I haven't been so kind to myself, but this next moment is a new opportunity and I can yeah. do something different. And know? God knows intimately, like the culture we're in right. and the influences we have and the struggles we have. Right. So there's a lot of compassion there, yeah. you know, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I also wanted to kind of talk about like the people we surround ourselves with too. And I'm totally not telling you to go dump all your friends that, um, that are, you know are very hyper focused on their body. I'm not telling you to do that, but I do. You know, we as women. So if there's men listening, they may not feel this, but like as women, we all know what it's like to we 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 get caught with our friends and people are starting to talk about the newest diet or mm-hmm. how I look in this or like how many times I worked out and like like if that becomes like a topic of conversation. And there's some yeah. friends. Some people might. You, you guys might not, but some people might have friend groups that like that's just like always the topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. It always comes back to that. Um, And then we have other friend groups where it's never the topic of conversation. And Mm -hmm. like, I just know for me that the groups that, that, that it's not the topic of conversation and food is part of celebration. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we talk about other things, um, more internal things about what's going on in our Mm -hmm. life and more um, less surface things. Those are the groups of people that I, that I get life from. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, and the ones that are so entrenched and I'm not saying that you can't be friends with people who like, like to work out and stuff like that. And I'm not going all the way to that other end of the spectrum, but you know what I'm talking about. You have those friends that like, they can't, think or talk about mm-hmm. anything else and it's and when you're around them it starts to make you feel like you're not enough mm-hmm. or that you should be doing what they're doing yeah. or you're constantly like when you're around them thinking about how you need to talk about your health or your wellness or whatever mm-hmm. um and I just I think being conscious of that especially right. if this is like something you really feel like you're struggling with yeah finding those groups of people where like that's not the topic of conversation right. yeah I just yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah well I want to comment one yeah. thing about that you know because remember even friendships are, are a spectrum and our experience with yeah. people are yes. a spectrum so you know it may not be all or nothing be with be friends with that person or don't okay, but you yeah. know let's say and I don't think you were saying yeah, that yeah. but I'm just kind of reinforcing what you're saying is like you know maybe on a day when I you know if I'm struggling with body image or something that's not going to be the friend that I call for lunch to yeah. meet me for lunch that's going to show up in running tights and tell me about their marathon you know <laughs> I, I just might need to be kinder to myself than that not yes. because I don't love that person but just recognize our limits we're human you know yeah and it's okay to have the friendships we have but maybe listen to you know again internally who who do I need to connect with today maybe it's that person that is I know is not going to talk about food in their body they're yeah. going to talk about stuff that matters more yeah for sure what were you gonna say about your oh experience? I just um I did the most fun thing this weekend me and one of my best friends of my whole life went and had a hotel room and just like ordered room service oh, and fun. did nothing so for awesome. like an overnight it's really fun. awesome but um she is one of those people who and I, I didn't realize it till we were leaving I was like you know I just feel really good after hanging out with her like she mm-hmm. is like does not like really 
think about any of this stuff. Like, it's just not her. I mean, she'll think about it, but, like, it's not. It's not at the forefront. No, she has a lot of yeah. interests. We had really great conversations about, like, Iran and climate change. It's just all these, like, topics that I was like, I never get to that stuff right. with other friendships. And I remember yeah. feeling, leaving, and I felt just, like, I felt like I could just be myself. And, like, mm-hmm. I just, I left not, and y'all know how self-conscious I am about my, and that's something that I struggle with is I'm pretty self-conscious. And I left, and I was like, gosh, I don't feel self-conscious at all. That's awesome. And it was like, man, I, I wish, and, like, we're both moms, so we don't really get to hang out that much. But I was like, you know, that's that's the kind of friend I want to be to people. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. feeling that is such a healing thing and being able to, because I think a lot of times we get, if we're talking about like layers, a lot of times we can kind of get stuck in the surface a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like underneath we have like dreams and we yes, have ambitions and we have exactly. hearts. And like, I want friendships that right. dig me down to that. Yeah. And when we can do the work on ourselves to get over ourselves in a yeah, way, yes. then it opens yes. up all this space for mm-hmm. relationships, for things that matter, for causes we want to get involved yes. in. And, you know, it, it's the great paradox. It's like people are so afraid to get into therapy because they're, they're afraid of getting too self-absorbed. Well, you have to go there. Yeah. We all have to go there if we're going to become whole people, you know, and be people who make a difference in the world because we all have selves, like it or not. We all have the ego that gets in the way. And so we've got to confront that, you know, and the more time and energy we spend up front doing that, the more space is going to just open up for all kinds of awesome things to occur in our lives, you know? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I thought that goes back to your point, Rebecca, about um, it being hard work. Mm -hmm. So, like... I really do it as much as like the, the culture or, or whatever will want to say, you know, you gotta work hard, you gotta dive hard, you gotta work out hard. Like mm-hmm. I, that's the easy road to me. Mm-hmm. The hard road, like what you're talking about, like really digging down and being and being like, well, why do I feel this right. way? Like, why am I making these decisions? Why am I so fo- hyper focused on this? Like that's yeah. the hard work. Yeah. And that's the work we don't want to do. At least I don't want to do. <laughs> so, right. so we, we choose the easier road and try to fix the surface stuff mm-hmm. and whitewash the tunes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, right. that's technically the easier, even though it seems like, oh, well, that's the hard work. That's not actually the hard work. It's the band aid. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. You For know, sure. it gives you maybe a short burst of endorphins and we all need that, but it's not the real work of who am I? What is my place in this world? Yeah. What obstacles do I have yet to overcome? Now, what more does the enemy want? I mean, really, than yeah. for us to all be just completely stuck in a spider web of crap that doesn't matter. We can see yeah. out of it, but we're like, hold on, as soon as I get, mm-hmm. it's just, and the more you move, the more, it's like, you yeah. just have to get out of it. It's a great yeah. trap to believe that there's something wrong with us that will be fixed by some aspect of food or altering yeah. our our body our or parents, yeah. mm-hmm. exercise routine. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just not about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we can get very trapped in that, which keeps us from, like, the real work, right? Mm-hmm. What the real work on ourselves and the real work that needs to be done in the world mm-hmm. um, is, is to get um, to that place. Mm-hmm. So, um Anything else that is ruminating in your head on this subject that you feel like you need to get out? Well, one thing you you all had asked me to think about, how can we know when we're getting off balance and recalibrate? And there was one thing that kind of came to my mind that I thought I, I wanted to share about that, which is something many people are familiar with, the fruits of the spirit. And I know Mm -hmm. we've all, you know, seen the Sunday school baskets of fruit with all of them labeled if we have kids that go to Sunday school and you know that's almost like this over overused picture in church or or illustration right yeah but I think it's helpful in this case like what so when when we are asking ourselves are the behaviors I'm doing truly healthy you Mm -hmm. know 
are they are they behaviors that are leading to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? Or are we seeing a result of what we're doing that looks more like hate and despair and turmoil and yes. impatience and being unkind or mean to ourselves, using harsh words or actions or, you know, betrayal or impulsivity. Like those are the, the flip side. And again, you know, it might not be either or, but where are we in between those two extremes with the behaviors that we're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think if what we're doing is leading to peace and joy and, you know, I would add connection to other people, you know, then it's probably healthy. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great filter. I also think about the passage um, that Paul says, um, whatever is true, whatever is love, yes. whatever is pure, think on those things. Right. And so whenever I get caught um, in like these spirals of like unhealthy thoughts, um, they're not typically about my body because that's Mm-hmm. not an issue I struggle with but I struggle with like other like shame and guilt about other aspects mm-hmm. of my life not so much my body and I have to remind myself these thoughts that I'm having right now are mm-hmm. these what is true mm-hmm. are these what are what's pure are these what is lovely like mm-hmm. and I think those are both really good filters to like mm-hmm. filter our our because it all comes down to our right. thought life right like what we think about I ourselves think so I mean yeah. I I think maybe some of the best scriptures on body image don't aren't even the ones about our bodies. bodies like yeah. they yeah. they might more so be about um, the like the ones we just mentioned. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's true. I, I think about that sometimes, like the context in which the Bible is written versus like if the Bible were written today, mm-hmm. I think there probably would be a lot more about this stuff in it because it's hmm. kind of a modern struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So most people in biblical times just wanted to eat. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were day to day struggles of getting they food were on the table. okay with yes. bread. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 for sure. And, and it's also a first world. world. People yeah. in, most people in Africa in these tiny villages aren't sitting there thinking about their body image. Like it's a privilege that this is a yeah. struggle. Well, it brings it into focus when you yes. just hope that you can eat, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and yeah. Even I think exposure for us to other cultures mm-hmm. and things, you know, yes. can be very helpful to just sort Agreed. of like give us a reality check, a you know? Yeah. 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 Like for sometimes sure. what you're consuming is not right. It, it's like more important about what you're consuming in your mind right. than like your mouth, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And again, not to induce guilt, but to, you know... Keep perspective just, because you love yourself and you don't want to fall down just, that hole. Right. right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's about being totally. honest with ourselves, I think. For sure. So. Thanks, Angela. Thank you for having me on again. Was like a great this was great conversation. Lucky seven. Lucky and um, Angela did not mention this earlier, but she is a writer. Yes, I she have. wrote a great book called Revealed. Tell us about it. Thank you. Um, Revealed: What the Bible Can Teach You About Yourself is a six-week study um, that helps you integrate the stories of Scripture with modern-day stories from your life. I share some of my own journey in that, and also challenge readers to go deeper themselves um, with some different um, things from my psychology training and um, life as a therapist and questions to ask yourself about the Bible stories. Um, my second book is coming out called Gather Us In. Um, on It's based on um, leading transformational small groups. And so it's kind of geared toward group leaders, but it's also just about group dynamics in general. Um, it's not so much a how-to manual. I had fears that that was what it was going to be in the beginning, but yeah. it is much more stories, um, groups, connection, 
things like that. So I'm excited about that. That comes out July 1st. I'm excited, We're excited too. Thank yeah. You. Um, David and I help lead our neighborhood groups. Oh. I'm excited to, to dig into that because yeah. we have lots of thoughts about group dynamics, but I would like to hear. We will yeah. have to have it out. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes. We'll talk about that sure. And Angela's yeah. offered to uh, give away a copy of Reveal to yes. our listeners. So we'll be doing a we were going to do like a giveaway just of body kindness, but we're going to do like kind of a bigger spring giveaway. So yeah. be on the lookout for that on our social media channels. Yep, yeah, for sure. All right. Okay. Thank you, Angela. Thanks. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. So till next week, we are on Instagram at Woven and Him. We are on Facebook and Patreon forward slash Woven and Him. You can also email us fullywoven at gmail.com. And I'm Rebecca Pete, like the coffee brand. And you can find me at RebeccaPete.com where you can also find all my social handles. Yep. And uh, I don't want to be found. So just find me on the Facebook for our uh, podcast and the Instagram, but not my personal. Bye. Bye.